Hey everyone, I'm Ryan, and this is my podcast. Saruti back from vacation. Where were you, by the way? Malaysia? Yeah, I did a little trip to the south. I went to uh, Charleston, Savannah, uh, and then I hit up Florida for a little bit for a couple beach days. It was a good trip. Wow, that was it just you and the wife? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we flew to Charleston, drove to Savannah, drove to Florida. It was good. It was the second time that I've driven through the entire state of Georgia. The first time was when we were doing do a show uh, at in Tallahassee at Florida State with Phil and Cannell and our flight. We missed our flight uh, in Charlotte and drove all the way from Charlotte to Tallahassee, but a lot of Waffle Houses, so it was a good, uh, was a good trip. You guys get along that well, huh? I mean, I imagine that's a big reason why you got married. Yeah, you know, but. it's okay at this point. You know, we're all right. You know, get a good playlist going. The, the weather's nice. It's hard to be, uh, it's hard to get into any arguments that way. What's your story on the uh, music when you're going on that kind of road trip? Is it's, it just, did you just, are you kind of like married guy who understands and just supposed to defer? Here? No, 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 I absolutely could see it being not. a little difficult. No, yeah. I'm a music czar. I, I am, I would, I, honestly, that might be my biggest criticism for myself is that I am too controlling of music in most environments. In college, I was like this. I would always control the music at parties and in the car, I'm always controlling music and she kind of gets annoyed with me. I was playing like some FIFA soundtrack. I, I recently stumbled upon uh, FIFA Bangers Daily. It's a playlist on Spotify that I've been listening I can't to. Believe, I can't believe I too have not stumbled <laughs> yeah. upon that. Yeah, I'm just saying. Is that really up, the title? Oh yeah, it lives up to the hype. It is FIFA Bangers Daily. It's just like <laughs> FIFA songs from 10 years ago that I'm like, oh man, I used to play that in college. It was awesome. So that was kind of most of the trip. So she wasn't too pumped about it, but I don't know. She she knows me, so that's I guess that's why she married me. That's incredible. All right, we have a long to-do list here, but just a real quick aside. I was on a road trip once uh, with a girl. And Whoa. we were going back and forth doing song deals. And it was later at night, you know, so it was kind of like a late night ride. I actually don't mind doing road trips at night because I think the driving is actually easier. Lights versus the darkness. Other people don't like that as much. But I threw on Mountain Jam, Almond Brothers, 40-plus minutes long. Nice. And about 20 minutes in, she was like, is it me or is this song incredibly long? <laughs> and I said, it's a long one. And then she looked, and she's just like, dude, 40 42 minutes, I think 41, 45, I forget. Uh, back in the day when it was on vinyl, it was one whole side of an album. But it's a great song. It's a great song, but it's a really long one. So if any of you guys out there, it wasn't even about the song as much as just trying to control the room, except it was a car. And uh, people is wonder, that why, what was the situation after that? Did you guys, did it work out? Obviously it didn't work out. So was it because of the song? No, no, no. There's almost always a long list of things that we could point to far more impactful than Mountain Jam. All right, coming up. Speaking of guys, Frank, a little bit later. We're doing our life coach update with Frank. And man, Frank is going to be put to the test here because people really didn't like him. So are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm yeah, prepped up. I knew notes. it too. So, I mean, he's, I he think he's ready to sort of uh, get back in people's good graces because he wasn't pumped about how he was received. He wasn't. All right. Well, that's, you know, everybody wants to be uh, famous for a few minutes and then. He thinks he was well, misunderstood, I think, is, is really it. Yeah. So did Barkley in his own biography. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Frank, but a lot of hoops to get to. Now, because of the timing of all of this and how it all plays out, I know it's not ideal, but it's just the way it works for Saruti and I, because we just want to make sure we're doing this together and I didn't want to work with somebody else. So you guys can put it on me. Like Russell Westbrook, I take full responsibility for the timing of this, but it's still going to be pretty good because I have a lot of maybes. It feels like a first round or a first early results of a bunch of maybes. But before I do that, I want to let you know, weddings can have 99 problems because I know weddings, but the groom's tux shouldn't be one. That's why our friends at theblacktux.com design rental suits and tuxedos that you'll love wearing at your wedding. So if you end up getting featured on a list of 23 epic wedding fails for... 
your reception table catching on fire or your DJ playing Let's Get It On during the father-daughter dance, at least you know you'll look good for your close-up. What I really love about the Black Tux is they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it out one last time. Talk about commitment. So that way you get it and you're like, all right, maybe white wasn't the way to go. Not knocking it. Over 5,000 five-star reviews across Wedding Wire, The Knot, and their website agree. You won't find a rental experience or designs like the ones you'll find at Black Tux. And I'm even going to throw this in. It's not even in the script. If you have a problem with Black Tux, and I'm not saying like deadbeats are looking for free stuff. If you actually have a problem with it, just hit me up on Twitter, and I will try to... I'll try to be a bridge to happiness, okay? I'm serious. I've done it a couple times. I can't say I've done it every time, but there's no guarantees. I'm just throwing that in there. So it's sort of a non-guarantee guarantee. But you know what? The Black Tux loves it. All right, so here's the deal. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, rent your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy $20 off with the code Ryan, R-Y-E-N. That's blacktux.com, code Ryan, R-Y-E-N, for $20 off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. Let's talk some hoops. Wow. I have so many things to get to here. I don't really even know where to start. There will be a Saruti Magic Minute. We may even let him go longer. Um, and I'm in a weird spot, too, because I just got out of the gym and walked in the door. And I'm in, like, this weird, euphoric, good post-workout mood. So I, if I sound extra hyped, it's not just because of my continued positive attitude towards the world. It's because I'm just in the zone right now. Yeah, I know I'm 43. Whatever. Leave me alone. Um do I sound more amped to you, Saruti? Yeah, like the I, endorphins are sort of you could you could just feel it yeah. through the mic. It's impressive, honestly. Yeah, I'm 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 not going to tell you if I have a shirt on or off, but you can guess. All right, um, it's a first round of maybes, and that's kind of what I would do if I were doing radio this week, because that first weekend, you're like, wait a minute, the magic one? What's going on with Brooklyn? What's going on with Nuggets? You know, you had three results there. And you could even argue, you know, the Pacers-Celtics, like what was going on there, but really the Celtics slept walk through that first half. I actually thought the Pacers played better in game two, and then Boston just turns it on again. So I could even do a little bit on the Celtics. I don't want to spend too much time on that series. But you're going, wait a minute. Like, what do we really know here? And game one overreactions are very predictable and not necessarily like, I'm not telling anybody they're wrong for doing it because it's the one piece of evidence that we have when we sit down and we watch all these series. And I think a lot of us that are really into hoops – you know, that first weekend's incredible. You've got these eight games, and then, you know, look, parents, kids, responsibilities, jobs, different hours, non-weekend games, and you kind of lose sight of some of this stuff, unless you're like me, and you look, you got to watch it all. But, you know, when I look at all the different results, let's just start with the Magic, because I know Saruti's chomping at the bit. I really wish we had taped this after game one, but that was a make-or-miss kind of game. Kawhi was incredible. Like, there's little moments here, by the way, watching Kawhi where you go... You know, if you lost sight of how good he was, I think some people maybe did that. Um, you go, my God, what do you do with this guy? What do you do with him when he's got it rolling on offense? There's really no one, even though they're trying Aaron Gordon with size, they're thinking they can match up size. It doesn't really matter. He makes a great read on a Gasol three that misses. DJ Augustine comes back and is like, you guys forgot about me. Kyle Lowry has an awful game one, which I want to get to some of the Lowry <laughs> stuff here. Um and then you're starting to think, like, wait a minute, are the Magic actually a bad matchup? Look at their great stats since the new year. Look at their defensive stats. Look at their winning percentage. And then game two happens, and 
that's where I will now let you jump in here early, Saruti, because you understand this Magic team far better than any of us do. But honestly, like that's why I didn't really freak out after game one, because I really think Toronto, when everything is rolling, <laughs> you know, they might be better than Milwaukee. I really believe that. But look, Milwaukee's playing a Pistons team that's not even that good, missing by far their best player. Yeah, honestly, the only thing I feel like the Magic had going for them in a, in a Bucks versus Raptors, who would you rather play, is Toronto's history, right? Because I do think you're right. Toronto might be the better team, but it's just, you know, they've had all the playoff history that's been disappointing. Doesn't um, that all have to change with Kawhi, I mean, though? Like, don't you have to throw it all out? May, I mean, but a lot of those guys are still on the team, right? <laughs> like, I mean, I know they got rid of DeRozan, but Lowry's still there, and his game one was exactly what you thought of Lowry as a playoff player, unfortunately. And I like the guy, but, like, Zero points again in, in, in an opener, and like they had to be thinking, "Oh my God! Like this is deja vu. Like this can't happen. We have Kawhi." But and I know I'm going to sound like a homer here, so and I don't really care. But I no, actually, do it because you know what? We need more Magic homers out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, so don't worry about part it. Part of this is like I think I'm the only Magic fan. Kevin Clark yeah. and I are the only Magic fans anybody knows. So we can never apologize them. for any of this stuff. Yeah, fair. But I mean, I do think that Game One was. I mean, if you want to say game two is what this series you thought it would look like, I just think that's not true. Like, Kawhi went absolutely bananas in game two. Yeah, the Magic had a bad shooting night. It was game two. I thought they were going to get killed in that game anyway because they did, they won game one. It was, it was going to be, it was going to be a letdown game. I mean, it was just going to be. They stole, they did, they had the objective. They stole game one. They stole a game in Toronto and took home, and took home court. So I kind of wasn't expecting, I didn't expect him to get absolutely destroyed in game two like they did, but, and I, I think actually Aaron Gordon, I think even though Kawhi's stat line was insane, I actually thought Aaron Gordon kind of played okay defense. Um, Kawhi was just hitting everything. And Gasol That's the thing. Like, What do you do with him on those middle drives where he's so long and he gets a shot off against taller guys? And then you have to contest everything on three. And then you know, body type is becoming so important to me. Like, I was watching a Harden game at Arizona State when they played against UTEP. I think it's 2008. It was on the other night. There was nothing on. It was during that window where there were no NBA games. I was just at home, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to watch him a little bit and see if I see things that I didn't see back then. Because honestly, look, when Harden was the, with the Thunder, we didn't even think he was going to be this. Mm-hmm. Never mind at Arizona State. And when I think about Kawhi, like, he just has this body that's this perfect hybrid for drives where you can't really get close to him because of his shoulders and arms, and yet he can hold up if you try to get tough with him in some kind of post position. So anyway, I was interrupting you there. I don't really know what you're supposed to do with him, and that's kind of why, when it's right with Kawhi, he's arguably the second-best player in the NBA. Yeah, and I think Gordon... I mean, I think Gordon's one of the best defensive defensive players in the NBA. I think he could switch on four positions. He's long, and he's super athletic, and I think he did a pretty good job against Kawhi, but there just wasn't anything they were going to do that night. And, I mean, the problem is, like, you know, they were switching him on Fournier a little bit, and Fournier is an absolute disaster in that matchup, so... Um, and, and here's the other thing that's, that's kind of a bummer for the Magic is that their one all-star in, in Vucevic, he's almost a non-factor in this series because Gasol is just so good at sort of, he's just, he's, you know, he's, he's using his physicality and he's kind of taking him out of the series. So, um, I, I, it also feels like real quick on Vuce, there, they've decided like the concept is not to say they can pull it off every possession, but the concept's the double and then somebody else has got to beat us. And that's why in game one, when Isaac and Gordon hit those yep. threes, I'm like, whoa. Yep. You know, those are the biggest shots. I think, I mean, the Augustine shot's the shot, but those the two corner shots. corner from Isaac, I, that, that's ugh. why he is like, I think he's their best hope at, at something, at a star, because the guy is just unbelievable. Like, he has everything you'd want if he just kind of all puts it all together. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, like, going looking at the series 1-1 going back to Orlando, it's their first playoff game since 2012. Like, the place is going to be nuts. Like, I don't, I, I still, you know, maybe it'll be a, a six-game series. I still think they'll win another game. I don't think the Magic necessarily will win the series, and, 
and and that's yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't think so. I, I think and, and, that's and that's fine. And that's fine. But like you know, I know because because you know, the last time I had said you know they're going to be a quote unquote annoying out, and I just think that means they're they're going to be a tough team to play night in night out. I don't think I think this series is going to be way more like game one than it is going to be game twos of just like Kawhi going off because I just like I said I think they 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 stole game one. They're a young team. It's their most of these guys their first time in the playoffs, and I just think you know being complacent in that situation is pretty predictable. So going back home, like I still expect them. I I probably expect them to split in Orlando. So two two going back to going back to Toronto. Like I think it's it's going to be an awesome series. Um, the question is, yeah, can they get the kind of production they're getting from? Can, I certainly don't think they're going to get the production they got from Gordon. He had twenty points in game two. He's not he's not that kind of guy. Can they get the Jonathan Isaacs? Can they get DJ going? Can they get Vooch going? Is that that's going to be a whole other thing? And here's the other thing, you know. The, Kyle, going a little long. Sorry, one more thing. When Kyle, <laughs> when Kawhi goes off in game two, and Kyle Lowry also plays well, you're not going to win that game. So that's no, okay. Lowry, I'm okay with that loss. I really am. I want to get to Lowry here, bigger picture, because he was abysmal in game one, and he was really good early in game two. So the overall numbers don't mean anything. Like when it mattered, although watching him every night, and I don't know if this is kind of new for you because I don't know how much Raptors you've watched. He's he's such an incredible flopper. Oh, and yeah. the Michael Carter Williams Legend. play, he, he grabbed his hand and Carter like just was like enough of this. And this is after Carter Williams got his, um, face busted open. And that play wasn't really, I didn't yeah. think it was dirty. It was just a collision of bodies where Lowry still tried to flop after he busted up his nose, which is incredible, uh, effort to try to even do that. But what happened was after I had tweeted out something about Lowry, there was a few Toronto media members being like, you should know better. He's actually, this is the narrative. I'm telling you right now, Anytime somebody uses the word narrative in a sentence, it'll end up being one of my least favorite sentences ever. One of my all-time favorite slash least favorite uses of the word narrative was when Iowa was on that run and Cannell pretended that he was an Iowa fan yep. because he wanted him in there because they weren't I don't the think SEC. I've ever heard anything make you more upset than his like claiming of Iowa. And shout out to Waterloo, okay? My Iowa people know how much I love the people of Iowa. They're just good stock. Altogether, but they hadn't played anybody, and I happened to catch like a Big Ten game broadcast, and then the analyst goes, "Well, there's national narrative out there outside of the Big Ten that Iowa hasn't played anybody." You're like, "Narrative? Like, or they haven't played anybody?" And guess what? Iowa ended up being a lot better at the end of the year than I thought in that loss against Michigan State. But that's not why you're listening right now. You want to say what's going on with Lowry because people were using some raw stats, being like, "You know, Lowry's been a lot better." He's been a lot better in the playoffs than you guys are giving him credit for. And you're like, has he been? So I went back and looked at all the stats, and then I had our IT guys, our team, get together on some of this stuff. And if you go back through all of it with Lowry in the playoffs, you can say, like, excluding this year, so how many years? And the thing that I don't like about this is I used to watch Lowry when he was at Houston and go, you know what, I actually think he's good. Like, I actually think this guy's going to be pretty good. And he's turned into that. I mean, he's made, uh, I don't know how many all-star teams he's made. Let me double check this. He's five-time all-star. Oh my God. So when you start thinking all-star point guards, especially at such a deep position, the deepest position in the league, you start going, all right, well, what do we expect out of him? Well, what you'd expect is more than you've gotten. You've had one, two, three, four absolute flameouts in the playoffs of the last five years. And the rare time I say, you know what, just go ahead and break this team up because whenever anybody says it, I go, well, you have to tell me what else you're getting. This was a team where you go, mentally, whatever's going on, whatever their approach is, this can't continue. 
Like, you can't do this. Even if you have to give DeRozan up for something less or Lowry up for something less. And let's not kid ourselves. They tried to trade Lowry at certain points this year, trying to figure out if there was a way to get Mike Conley. So when you can get Kawhi, even if it's for the year and you hate losing an asset for nothing, I totally get why Masai did this. And yet Lowry, who, if you really want to break this down and put him as a qualifier, as an all-star, Lowry's career PER, not perfect, but is 15.6 in the playoffs. That ranks 48th among 57 active players that have made one all-star game. Okay? So 57 guys in the playoffs that have made an all-star game, he's bottom five, or excuse me, bottom 10 in PER. He's got a career turnover rate of 15.4 per 100 possessions in the playoffs. That's 49th out of 57 All-Stars in the playoffs. He has a career field goal percentage of 41% in the playoffs. That's 50th out of 57 active players that have made at least one All-Star team. With the Raptors, he's plus 19 in the first half of playoff games, minus 53 in the second half. Uh, in the game one against Magic. Now, he came back and he was good against game two. Uh, excuse me, against the Magic in game two. And last year, his overall playoff numbers, he shot it better for the first time after some abysmal, abysmal, I'm using that word three times now in this podcast, shooting numbers. And then last year against Cleveland, where it's so embarrassing and you're down 3-0 and facing elimination, in 30 minutes he had five points. So here's Lowry who made, and I'm never knocking guys necessarily for making a ton of money. But when you're making like 31 and then 33 million the next two years, you are an all-star point guard. You are somebody who has had just embarrassing moments in the playoffs, a massive disappointment as an organization four out of the five past years. And because they trade your buddy for maybe the second best player, you've been miserable all year about it. That's insane when you add it all up. Like, who are you to be mad that the front office went, hey, guess what doesn't work? This. So let's change it. Oh, okay. DeRozan's pretty good. Let's get the guy that's trademarked is all weird because he's asking out. And then you add Kawhi to it, and, you know, look, it's game one. We'll see what happens the rest of the playoffs. He was a lot better in game two, as you mentioned, probably too much now. But the Lowry pushback is if this guy's actually been way better than the country has figured out, you're like, man, keep that stuff on the other side of the border, not to get political. So Totally agree. Side note on Lowry, too, when they talk about him in the playoffs. I think it was, was it Brian Anderson, Greg Anthony? They were talking about Kawhi like he was really hurt. Do people still think he was really hurt last year? Like hurt enough to miss all those games? Like, you know, they did a great job with maintenance of Kawhi, you know, coming off of that injury. You just go, wait a minute, what? Like, did people really think he was that hurt? Because guess what? Remember coming into this year, like, well, I'd be curious to see what he looks like. Like, no, no, he just didn't want to play last year. (laughs) It wasn't a devastating leg injury. Let's talk about Westbrook. I can see OKC evening up this series at two apiece. Thunder swept him the regular season. No Nurkic. They got to play Canner. Canner incredible in game one. They actually kept him on the bench in game two and used Myers Leonard, which I think is going to be part of the storyline of this series and the way it goes. This is not Lillard surpassing Russ in this year because I don't know if anybody who votes for it and you know, doing a podcast with Zach and doing one with Simmons every week, those guys constantly forget that I'm not a voter for anything. So they're always asking me, who are your first, second, and third team All-NBA? <laughs> so I have to study it and play along. After Curry and Harden, Lillard was always the third name mentioned. And then you had a debate about Westbrook. I was 
I think, stubborn with Kyrie at first. And by the end of the regular season, you're like, you know what? This is ridiculous. Like, you're just going to put Kyrie on here. And, you know, I still like Kemba, but to put Beal on there and then Westbrook and all these different things, Lillard has always been the third best point guard in the NBA this year. And I feel like has surpassed Russ maybe in the NBA consciousness. And again, this is because three sounds insulting to Lillard, but like, you, would you really want him after or ahead of Curry or Harden? I don't think anybody would really want to do that unless you have, I don't know, some bonus posters at home. So if I look at this series for OKC, you know, this is another theme of injuries. And it's, well, Embiid's hurt after game one. Embiid missed games, no doubt. And it was a weird way they used him in the first half of that game against Brooklyn. But he looked really good in game two, and I'll get to some of that a little bit later. And he had some monster games at the end of the regular season. Paul George's shooting numbers dipped, but he still was putting up numbers, and he has this bad game one, and anytime anybody's like a star and there's any hint of any kind of injury, it's kind of like the Steph Curry rule, it automatically becomes some qualifier of, we can't, it's almost like when once people started becoming more schedule conscious, and if you had said, well, you know, that's a weird loss for them, up, back to back, and I'm like, oh, that's right, no team in NBA history has ever won a game on the second of a back to back, thank you for pointing that out. It was never, oh, this team played poorly, they did this wrong, this star didn't step up. Everything is conditions now. And sometimes it's true, it's applicable, and other times it's just an excuse. And for George to come back and play better in Game 2, yeah, I know he's dealing with the shoulder thing, but from what I've heard, it's a maintenance thing, getting it loose, getting it ready, not necessarily something that's going to prevent him from being, I'm not saying he's 100%, but he's also not unplayable. So Westbrook, who in Game 1, I thought played smart. And maybe they relied too much on trying to break down that Canner high pick and roll. Because there's going to be times where Portland's going to be off with it. Canner actually wasn't very good with it in game one, despite the fact that he was so great with points and incredible on the boards, not only for himself, but keeping possessions alive. So Westbrook was not the problem in game one. He was part of the problem in game two. Lillard, who if he had a hole in his game, it was defense. I know the stats on shots against Lillard. I gotta go back and look at that on my own because I don't really trust some of the contested, non-contested who had who stats because I've looked them up in the past and honestly I feel like half of the time it's wrong. But in that game, if you really watched it, Lillard did a good job in the times that he had Westbrook. So if Russ is saying, I've got this, this is on me and all those things that he's done and like my Russ position doesn't need updating anytime here soon. But that would actually scare me more than the George thing because if Russ feels like I have to force the issue to make this work, that's going to work sometimes, but less than 50%. And when he said it a year ago about Rubio, they lost two of the next three games, including the next one. So that's just something I'm a little worried about for OKC because I could see them even in this thing. I could still even see the Thunder winning this series. But the crazy thing if you look at the Spurs here in Denver, I don't know if I like either team. And Denver finally gets something out of Jamal Murray late. If he doesn't play like that, I don't think they can win with just Jokic as their number one guy. But then you're going, wait, this could be a second-round matchup where it's Spurs, Denver. Say the Spurs beat them and then OKC. Like one of those teams, OKC, Portland, Spurs, Like then what would I do? Because I wasn't that high on San Antonio coming into the playoffs. But I know that throughout the entire year where I'm going, am I really supposed to think of Denver as the team to come out of the West if Golden State doesn't? And I'm like, no, I don't. I've watched him enough. And Jamal Murray's, it just totally depends on the day. It completely depends on the day that you're watching him. And he was brutal for three quarters against San Antonio in game two. 
so as I'm kind of searching around for all these different things here, Houston looks like, wow, wait, these guys are really mad. Look at their defensive numbers. The regular season stats for the Rockets on defense aren't really anything that you can look into because it's not who their team was. There was no consistent rotation because of all the different injuries. So you have to throw out all of the defensive possession stats, I think, as a team. Harden's been better defensively. We all know what he is on offense. They have all the pieces. And as they're beating the bag out of the Jazz here, and it's getting ugly early in these games, you go, wait, I, you know, I thought maybe the Jazz were good. And that kind of gets back to my whole theory of maybe, because maybe the Jazz are good, and maybe Houston's just at a completely different level. Those could both be true. Or maybe the Jazz weren't that good. They were 21-21 and 21 at one point. Then they had this stretch where going into the All-Star break, I think they're 12-4, and four, so don't add that up as 33-25. and 25. But when I went back and looked at it, they had the second easiest schedule in the NBA, just behind the Toronto Raptors for ranks of opposing, you know, schedule strength. And it was, it was very, very close. Look at these wins going back the last, and this is that fake part of the NBA season. The Jazz were 37 and 29 after back-to-back losses against Memphis, a couple days off, and then at home against Oklahoma City. These are their wins. When they got on fire and you started going, wait a minute, Mitchell's figured it out. Look at some of Gobert's numbers. I know I don't love just one score in a playoff game. I certainly wouldn't love just one score in a playoff game against the Rockets. Look at what they're able to do, though, Utah on defense. That hasn't really mattered. They've already abandoned their game one approach to Harden in game two because I'm telling you that overplay in consecutive games where you try to take away the Harden left hand, it's stupid because he's too good and he's going to figure it out. And once all the other guys on the team understand what his tendencies are going to be, meaning his own teammates being like, look, if they're going to overplay my left, just start looking for all these different things that I'm going to do. That's why I thought that thing was so temporary and kind of fake. Other times teams have tried it. These are Utah's wins. So these are like the, let me look deeper into the jazz here. March 13th, I'm just going to run through it. Phoenix, Minnesota, Brooklyn at home. At Washington, the Knicks lost a three-pointer at Atlanta. Beat the Bulls, Phoenix again, the Lakers, the Wizards, the Hornets, the Suns, the Kings, as they had tanked. They lost to the Lakers, did beat Denver, second to last game of the season, and then lost in overtime in that stupid game at the end of the regular season. There's no good wins in there, because I'm not even counting the, well, the Denver one, fine, we'll do that one if you want me to. So maybe this is a Jazz team, back to my whole maybe thing, that actually isn't even that good. So even though the record is so good after that 21-21 and 21 start, I'm trying to figure out who's good here, and that's that's my thing. Because as we look at Golden State crumble after that 31-point loss, or blowing the lead of 31 points, I actually think, what would be worse, Rudy? Them losing by 31 or blowing a 31-point lead? Uh, blowing a 31-point lead. I think it was always worse. But doesn't it tell you more about who they can be than just who they are? Because if they lost no, by right. 31... That's true. I see, I, I think most people agree with you initially... But I'm watching all the stuff, and, and we all knew this was going to happen. People are so over the Warriors, they want to will it to be over. And they they want to look at these Jazz Rockets results and go, here they come. And I'll buy into the Rockets feeling like those guys have their rings. Okay, I'm I'm Sometimes I think that stuff's crazy. Like when the Wizards say LeBron never wanted to see them, and you're like, you guys can't get out of the second round, so you can all shut up. Um when I look at the Rockets, I'm like, no, that's a real thing. And so I'm not going, hey, game blouses here with the Warriors. But what I do know, if the Warriors' problems are so bad, then they get blown out in a game, even though it's disgusting the way they stop playing in the third quarter. And then you're like, it's 20, it's 14, it's 8. And then Shaman hits a 3, and you're like, oh, this is 
crazy. They just blew this game. Everyone wants it to be over, so I feel like that's what a lot of the commentary is, and I'm telling you right now, I will buy all of your Warrior stock. I just will. I'm, I'm not saying that as if I'm dismissive of the Rockets, but I'm dismissive of the idea that this this Warriors team... It's one thing if these guys were 34 and 35 and there were lingering injuries. We're still talking about three to four players. Draymond isn't necessarily the same guy, but the other three guys are still in their prime. And the Durant-Beverly stuff doesn't really bother me watching the games as much as, um, as, as much as some of the other stuff that I've seen. And I know that makes me sound like stubborn Warriors guy that I've been the last five or six years, but uh, I, I just... You know, maybe the Rockets get him in the second round. Like I just said, I ran through all those things. That's fine. I don't think the Cousins thing is as big of a deal as I've seen some other people write in the the Houston matchup. Because Cousins, and everybody knows how I feel about Cousins, but this sucks, man. That's the worst. You know, tries to kind of rebrand himself or whatever. I mean, it's not even that. It's not like some Instagram makeover. The guy just wanted to change the perception of him, even though it's probably not going to change it all that much. And look, I don't need to go down that road. But he was a more hesitant offensive player than... I think even I expected, and maybe that's just him looking around going, you know what, I can't take some of the shots I used to take, but there were times where I thought he would clear it when he shouldn't, and there were other times where I thought, just to keep people honest, he should take a three every now and then, and he didn't. Looney has been terrific. Like He's really improved this year, but he's going to be somebody that everybody just ignores, and you're going to see Houston do more of that, because the Clippers have done it with the defending three with five, and Houston's certainly going to do that if both teams get through. There's one other series that I've got to talk about, Brooklyn and the Sixers. Maybe a little on Boston there, but I'll do that right after this. When the weather gets colder and the fun moves indoors, is there anything better than curling up on the couch with some great bottles of wine? Personalized to you from First Leaf Wine Club. I'm going to tell you right now, some of you guys out there, you got no clue, okay? Trying to figure out who you're going to spend the rest of your life with, and you're trying to find a way to stand out, because that's always my tips to anybody like if you really want to figure out how to make this work find a way find something that differentiates you from every other clown that's out there just try to find a way i'm not talking about a nice button down i'm talking about have a have a thing have a few things work on a few things remember in parks and rec where tom is dating ann which is totally like the most the biggest reach in the entire storyline yeah he had all the accessories at his apartment, and she thought, oh, my God, this is amazing. She wasn't dating Tom. She was dating the accessories. So that's why First Leaf can come in huge for you because you could be the wine guy. You could be in your mid-20s and know about wine when you go out to big dinners with everybody. And then girls start going, I had no idea that Saruti was such a wine guy. But he's taken, folks. So all our female listeners, I'm sorry. So First Leaf has created a club experience customized to you by rating the wine you receive. First Leaf determines your likes and dislikes and only sends wine that you'll love. Get started with First Leaf by answering three quick questions about your wine drinking preferences. First Leaf then creates an introductory six-pack of wine for you. When your bottles arrive, taste and rate them online. First Leaf takes your ratings and selects new wines based on your taste for your next shipment. Here's the deal. Sign up with my link, and you'll get an exclusive intro offer, six bottles of wine for only $29.95. That's nuts, okay? It's a great price. Get it started. Maybe you are dating somebody. Maybe you're moving in together. And then you surprise that person and go, guess who joined a wine club and has two thumbs? This guy. That's six bottles of wine for only $29.95. Try firstleaf.com slash russillo. That's R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O. Again, try firstleaf.com slash russillo. Sixers. Game one, Ben Simmons hate fest. Game two, Ben Simmons love fest. 
And that's really kind of what his first year and second year are like. I've done this Ben Simmons segment over and over. I was not surprised to see him be bad in game one, and I was not surprised to see him be really good in game two. The Nets, when they go small, they have the better coach. I think they were better prepared for all that stuff. Back to the Embiid, is he hurt? Kind of like we were talking with Paul George. I saw some moves in game two, his cuts left to right, that looked incredible. But clearly there's something wrong, but is it so wrong that he is now a, a shell of himself? I'm not ready to go there yet with that. And it's funny, watching some of the Nets' defensive tactics against Simmons, they're sagging off of a guy that clogs the lane, causes extra traffic to run through when people are running through screens or there's pin downs and all these different actions where people are trying to get caught on screens and you're just sort of off of Ben Simmons in the middle of it all, just another little traffic cone that everybody has to navigate around. And then they're sagging off of him to such a point that it's actually detrimental to your defense because if you're going to sag off Simmons 20 feet and let him get a running start towards the rim, then you're screwed. So that's a really important thing to look for as the rest of the series plays out is, yeah, I get not contesting any shots for Simmons because he's not going to take them, but you also can't give him a runway to the hoop either. So I still think the Sixers win this series, but as Sarudi first said at the beginning of this thing, and this has always been my playoff theory, where people try to do this hindsight thing with playoff series and say, well, you know, if game two had gone this way, then boom, boom, boom. And I always resist that all of the time because every game, as much as coaches say each game is different, players say each game is a new challenge, true, sort of, because they are always connected emotionally. They are connected based solely on motivation. You cannot fake desperate. You cannot go into game three and feel the same way if you're up 2-0 as the team that's playing you at 0-2. Okay? There's no way. That that 3-2 lead, and you're playing the team that that only has two wins, they're going to play differently than you do. You're just There's almost no way to combat that. So to see Toronto come back, to see Philly come back, that's why, you know, a buddy was like, what should I do? And I go, you know, one of the things that I would do is I would probably bet the better teams that lost at home and bet them in game two because if there's anything to believe in in any of these teams, they're going to show you that in game two. So... I'm kind of glad we did this not after game one because it would have been a little more boring of me just saying, hey, you know what? Let's not overreact to any of this stuff. So that's the NBA breakdown there. We'll do a big draft thing next week. Um, also want to remind everybody too, I think I'm just going to do this now, Saruti, if that's cool. If you guys love the NBA, make sure you're checking out Zach Lowe's podcast, The Low Post. That's every week. You know we've had him on. I went on his. I do kind of want to apologize a little bit to the listeners about how we're doing the feed thing. Because sometimes I haven't um, always known, so I, I appreciate all you guys. And you know what? Use the hashtag feedback and let us know how we're doing. We probably won't read many of them, <laughs> but it will make you feel like you're more involved with the whole thing. Because basically what's going to happen at times, we'll have some joint content like we had with Windhorse, Bamani, and Zach. And that just kind of became its own podcast with four guys having a riff on something. So anyway, I promise that I will make that more clear in the future and that's what we plan on doing. So, are you ready to talk to Frank? Let's do it. All right. Before we talk to Frank, I want to remind you, applying for a loan is a lot like applying for a job that you don't get to interview for. Instead, loan companies make their decisions based off of your credit score and history without getting to know the whole you. Now... 
Thanks to Upstart.com, it never has to be that way again. Upstart is revolutionizing the way you borrow money by rewarding you for your job experience and education in the form of a smarter interest rate. That's how this stuff works. Some of the stuff is dangerous out there. Shop it around. Look at Upstart. They're going to beat a lot of the rates out there. Unlike traditional credit underwriting, which could be biased against people with short credit history, Upstart goes beyond the traditional FICO score when assessing your credit worthiness. Just ran into this the other day with my brother. He's like, can you co-sign a car? I'm like, why? What did you do wrong? He's like, not bad credit, short credit. Oh, all right, buddy. Upstart believes you're more than just your credit score. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in less than two minutes without affecting your credit score. The best part, once your loan is approved, the funds will be transferred to the very next business day, the next day. Over 100,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards, student loans, fund their wedding, or to make a large purchase. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash Rusillo, that's R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O, to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes two minutes and it's not going to affect your credit. I had the guy pitching me the other day. He's like, hey, you want to refinance this? That I go, You know what I don't want to do? I'll tell you what my credit score is. You run the numbers, and then we'll talk. Pal. I didn't say pal at the end of it, but you know how I feel. Upstart.com slash Rosillo. I would just walk in and go, what's the plan, bro? Why are you sleeping until 1? We need to start stripping it back down to the base. It's your life and our advice. Let me fix your life, not just your back porch. Okay, it's everyone's favorite segment, but maybe not subject. This is part two of our life coach segment here and Frank from Arkansas joins us again after that introduction that we had. So how long ago was that, Frank? Or Saruti, you can jump in if you know the date. I think it was what, three, three weeks, weeks ago? ago? Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. Three weeks ago. You came on, you threw some massive numbers our way. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit. Um I the one thing I said, because I didn't want to hit you with a ton of stuff, because again it was our first time talking, where I said, can you just do a week without any dating apps? Did you do that? I did it and some. Whoa. How'd it feel? It was weird. Honestly, it, it was really weird. It changed my morning routine up even. Like, it, it's different showing up to work a little bit early because you're not scrolling through, you know, Wait a your second. apps, what, what have you. You would be, you would legitimately need time in the morning to scroll through the apps. <laughs> yeah, dude, you wake up. It's just like anyone. They wake up, you check uh, Twitter. Well, I was waking up and checking three <laughs> dating apps. Just see if you had any bites, right? I mean, more so, yeah. Like, I guess some people don't work normal hours, and so they're just up until 2 a.m. shooting you text. So, yeah, it just is what it is. Okay. All right. All right. So, how you said it felt different. You're getting to work. You're maybe, maybe your efficiency rating went up a little bit as far as the output. It had to be, it had to be pretty weird. I mean, if this is an everyday routine here for two plus years, did you like it? Did you hate it? What did it feel like when you jumped back in those waters? Because I'm sure you got right back at it. See, here's the thing. I, I dipped my toe in, okay? I didn't just dive in. Tested it out. I, I, I downloaded one back. And I was like, all right, let's just kind of, let's be a little more selective maybe. Let's really narrow down uh, who we're uh, swiping on here. Yeah. And Smart. first one, just out of the gate, I get one. And I was like, okay, yeah, this girl, very attractive, what have you. And um, we start talking, getting through, and uh, I was like, so what do you do for work? 
And she goes, ah, oh, well, actually, I just dropped out of school, uh, quit my job, and I uh, use Snapchat to uh, sell my premium nudes. And I go, oh, well, this isn't going to work. So I immediately deleted it. And uh, I just it. kept oh, it off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. After I obviously got the uh, snap code. No, 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 no. But I did. I, I deleted it. Um, I was like, wow, this, this has to be something. So stayed off of them again for um, another week and then kind of downloaded one other one. And I haven't met anyone off of any of them since. So. So you haven't been on a date in three weeks since we did the, the first part of this? Yeah, it's it's been a little terrible, but also a little little good, too. So you're getting some frank time. Okay. Uh, real quick, though, did did yeah. you delete it because she was trying to get you maybe as a potential no, customer? No, no. Or? I don't even want to get into that. Well, uh, she said you want to have to pay for him. I'll just put it that way. And then, so I was like, Ugh. but either way, I just deleted it. What, what, do you mean, was, what like, was that phrase? Nah. Well, she said, I was like, well, I mean, I, I, it's not like I'd pay for that. She's like, don't worry, you wouldn't have to. So uh, I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. But deleted it. I mean, we got out of there, and uh, we, we kind of moved on from that one. Sounds like the old Frank would have would have probably met up with her. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, do you really want to pay 20 bucks to see that? I don't. I don't know. Okay. All right. So let's <laughs> let's go back to. I think one of the biggest issues people had were just your sheer numbers, and they're a little upset with yeah, me challenging you a little bit more. Um, sure. Because people, you knew how it was going to happen. Like once you start throwing that stuff out there, and it's in, like people were really breaking this down to like one point two meetups mm-hmm. per five days over two years. Like no way. Entirely. So a lot of people also thought that maybe you didn't even want any help or any advice, and you just wanted to come on the podcast and brag about how many girls you meet. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not it. But I can't explain the numbers. I, I, I don't want to drag it out or anything. Just a brief one. I've been single since July of 2016. So we're coming up on three years. Yeah, we are. And on that, um, you know, if you are meeting multiple people in one day, it's pretty easy to rack up some numbers. And then also, I can go out, eat dinner, catch a tip at 5.30, 6.30, and then meet someone after that. That's not really, you know, rocket science there. I don't go to bed at 8.30, so you can go eat dinner, then watch a game by yourself, hang out, have some, as you like to say, frank time, and then meet someone up after that, and then we're good to go. (laughs) Sorry, get in. I I feel like you're drooling. Honestly, I just want to know what you've been doing with your free time. Like, like, what, are you reading? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Well, I mean, Game of Thrones, obviously. Okay. I was already caught up. You got to rewatch the episodes, but a little bit of that... um, you know, golf, love the golf. So trying to catch that as much as I can. And then hanging out with my buddies, you know, uh, what have, what have your buddies out, said hanging about out with Mary, yeah. What, what right? have they said about this whole thing? They know you came on the podcast. They know your deal. They know you in and out. So what have they said about you kind of just going cold Turkey here for a few weeks and, and hashing it out on a really popular podcast? They, they're actually like, first off, they're like, I cannot believe that you did that. And then secondly, they were like, so, so what now, you know, who's, who's next? You know, what, what do we have going on? I'm like, dude, I, I haven't seen anybody. Like, so I, they're the, I they're the friends that like vicariously live through you. Like they're the ones that are married and they're yeah, like, you know, absolutely. You know, let me see, let me see the pick, you know, kind of thing. In t- yes. Okay. 100%. They're the ones who you're on the first tee and you're talking about, you know, what happened over the weekend. Yeah. Yes. So, and, and yeah, they, they just couldn't believe it. They're like, so wait, you're telling me you haven't done anything? And I'm like, yeah, man, I've just, we're kind of, kind of cold turkey here. 
This has been a bummer for them too. Then, wow. Well, yeah, actually, I have. You're right. <laughs> That's very true. So let's let's go over some of the reaction that we had. Uh, I tweeted out after we posted the podcast. Dudes seem yeah. to not like Frank. A lot of feedback oh. so far. Field Yates threw up the Zach Galifianakis gif of him with all the numbers, and that's <laughs> that one may be said. a pin tweet. May may pin that one later. He may pin, it's Field says me trying to figure out how much money Frank spent on dates over the past few years. And then a guy says I'm trying to figure out how he goes on 800 quote. As soon as guys use quotation marks, they're calling you out. How he oh, goes yeah, on 800 entirely. dates in two years, bro. Having a conversation with the person next to the hotel bar doesn't mean a date. Of all the BS Frank said, the biggest lie is that there are that many single women in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Dude, M. Woodrow, right at your dome with that one. Yeah, it's not even Fort Smith. Get the right place. You're not even in the right place. No one's – yeah, Fort Smith, go there if you're 70. Get real. Come up to uh, Fayetteville, buddy. It's wow. not even the same thing. This is uncomfortable now. Another like guy it. just said, make sure that Frank has all of his dates, review and subscribe to the podcast. That would actually help. Um <laughs> Frank's a no for me, hard to believe it. Life advice segment I like, not him. The numbers don't make sense. 365 days a year, he's averaging more than one date a day with breaks. No chance. Um, we need someone who went on a f- date with Frank. So then a guy named Cameron jumped in and said, met him twice yeah, through friends damn. on some of those dates. Again, quotes at you. That was cringeworthy. And then a female got in on it. So what was yeah. going on there? Because that felt a little close to home. No, yeah, entirely. So I had literally gone out with them like the Tuesday before we recorded. And that was probably the third time that I'd been around that group. And weirdly enough, the girl that was, you know, the one that I was talking to, um, I had actually quit all the apps to talk to just her. And we kind of had something for a couple months and then, you know, didn't just kind of drifted apart. And then we had kind of reconnected and, uh, so, yeah, she she put me on blast a little bit. Um, I'm hoping that the people that she let listen to it in her office with her uh, did subscribe, rate, and review because that would have <laughs> nice. definitely boosted the numbers. But, uh, yeah, I, I got hit pretty hard with that one. And then she came over, and we had a about a two-hour convo about that. So, so she wait a minute. knew, though. She knew. I mean, okay, I yeah, because you just her. said something there. I'm sorry to cut you off, yeah. but you said something there no, that, no. like, you were dating her for two months and we're still talking about these kinds of numbers. So you, the whole time she had to have known, like the problem, Frank, is that you're going to end up being the guy. If it's true that went on 800 dates in two years. And that's, I mean, unless you're so loaded and so hot, that's not exactly the girls like, yeah, I'm, I'm psyched. He finally settled down. Like I wouldn't want to marry somebody that's like, right. I went on just a tear of sleeping with guys for the last five years, but I'm definitely ready to call it quits. And I'd be like, awesome. You know, well, here's, here's the thing. You, so that's the thing. We said dates, you know, drinks, meetups, whatever. You got to go back to the true email when I said 350 to 400 girls. So, yeah, that's girls, but that's if you take a girl out. We weren't including dudes times, then? Uh, no, never mind. No never mind. dudes. I, I, I no was dudes. confused. All right. Uh, no, but if you take a girl out three times, I mean, you've got to say, yeah. So say you have 100 girls, you take them out three times each. That's 300 dates or what have you. I got you. you. Know, I, got you. you wanna, I, yeah. I don't want to argue about the numbers so, anymore because people, exactly. people are sad. Yeah, we're, we're over it. It's a big number, whatever it is. I think the more important thing great. here now, here's what I'm learning though through this. And I'm, I'm serious because I'm going to, you know, yeah. I can only kind of give advice based on all the different stuff that I've gone through. So it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm right or wrong. But as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. you know, there are times you're just like, man, going out sucks. 
And sometimes it's great. Sometimes there's a plan. Sometimes it's worth it. And it sucks, you know, when I'm single, I move to a new town. It's like sometimes it's necessary because you just feel like you kind of have to go. Like, you know, a guy from work or in the industry would be like, hey, come on, let's go out. And then, you know, I'm still stuck in this weird immature, like, in-between thing where it's like, I guess I'll stay out later because it's just stupid. And more often than not, I'm like, yeah, it wasn't really worth it. Now my workout's going to suck the next day or whatever. And it's just the way it is. It's, it's exactly. the way of getting 100%. Older, okay? Right? Well, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be saying that yet because I still think I have like 15 years on you. The other part of this, <laughs> the reason I bring this up though, Frank, is because you kind of sound like this, not with going out, but more so with the girl. It sounds like you actually do want to quit all this stuff. So you doing this the last three weeks, I think there's real progress here. And I'm not even taking credit for it. It sounds like this whole thing, the origin of it is that it's just not worth it anymore. It's too much stress. It's too much hassle. But when you're doing it every day, like if you work out 30 days in a row, when you don't work out, it bothers you. When you eat well a bunch of days in a row and then you have something bad, it affects you differently. When it, when I try to write, if I write for a bunch of days in a row, I feel like something's missing when I'm not trying to use different creative parts of my brain. It sounds like you now tasting what it's like to not do this all the time. Do you feel, I'm not saying cleaner, but I don't know. It sounds like some of the clutter's being removed from you. Yeah, it's been a little eye-opening. I mean, one of the things that I've... It's not bad just hanging out alone by yourself doing stuff and then not having to worry about checking your phone and then just being like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in tonight. I don't I don't really want to go do that, you know? Because sometimes you're right. Like, going out at 9 and then you're staying out until 11.30 and then you got to wake up at 6.45 and you're like, God, dude, like, this was not worth it. It was absolutely not worth it. So what's the next step then? What are we what are we shooting for here? We got new goals. Are you going to get back on the apps? Um, it so here's like what you... we're doing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Here's what we're doing. We 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 cut it down. All right. So we're just not going to go out with anybody. So go ahead and stick to your guns on. All right. This you know kind of my uh, basically cut off, and I know what I'm not looking for. So find the people that you are looking for. If they fit, check it out. Don't waste time. Basically. Okay, so we're going quality here, not quantity. That's that's really what it sounds like here, and I think it's huge. I think that's good for you because I can't imagine yeah. why you go on that many dates, and it just seemed like it was so normal for you that you didn't even think anything was wrong with it. I'm not even really knocking you for it, but I, I do want to get to this. Mm-hmm. There's always there's always this disconnect between anybody that has anything public going on, and I am fully aware of of my level of of fame okay it is not right. that high in the hierarchy of people that are actually really famous but it's enough to know that i'll probably have somebody say something crappy to me every single day the rest of my life for you to experience what that was like for a short window after never having to deal with it what was that like <laughs> you know what's funny i I've, I've caught some grief before you know nothing to that extent but um, one guy compared me to Martin Shkreli, who I'm pretty sure was uh, the 2016 most hated person in America. I thought I maybe that he, was cost, a he cost me a lot of money. Yeah, no, he cost yeah, me. Yeah, a I thought money. maybe yeah. like a little bit much, but uh, he, he came in hot with that one. But no, it, it was one of those deals where you, you see it, you digest it, and then you think, like, I'm not that guy. My buddies know me. People know me. These, I'll put it this way: if I was this bad of a person, would that many people want to go out with me? Or, in the, like, that's just, you can take it how it is, but I'm not that bad of a guy. Maybe I've just got, you can call it a commitment issue, you can call it wanting to see more people than most do. Um, but I, I think when I read through all those things, I was like, okay, yeah, I totally get it. Whenever someone like you 
catches a bunch of grief for stuff, uh, you know, it makes sense. It, it was it was one of those things that was new to me. I'll put it that way. Uh, Frank, Saruti, did you have anything else you wanted to add to this? No, I mean, I'll, I'll say is that, you know, the one thing that I've struggled to, I guess, relate with you a little bit is like as a like I, I know you want to go out and you want to have fun and you want to meet different people. And that's great because I think everybody pretty mm-hmm. much goes through that in their life. But I do think, you know, I've always one of the important things for me has always been like doing stuff for myself. And that's why, like, I, you know, you can joke about it. But like, I like just like being in, not talking to anybody, like playing FIFA one night just to like kind of let your brain clear, not think about a ton of stuff and hang out. I think like that. I truly do think that is like healthy for someone. Like, because if you're doing the mm-hmm. same thing every single night, you know, and you're on this rigorous schedule and you're working and you're going out, you're working, and you're going out, like, there needs to be other sort of things I think you need to do. And Ryan kind of hit on this to mix it up, you know, like to, to like exercise different muscles in your brain. So I think, like I said, I think, you know, this, I wouldn't Are you stop Frank cold turkey. Start a journal? No, I'm not saying he should, he shouldn't stop cold turkey. I think if you want to go out, that's fine. But you, I think you just need to find more activities in life as well, you know? Yeah, and that's Activities. kind of one of those things. It, it, coming up, it's great because we're back in the swing of golf. For me, that's kind of my second job. To, I mean, so I, do you I, ask I out car girls though? Do you ask out the car girls all the time? No, God, no, dude. I'm not that guy. Come on, hmm. just right, no, God, no. I can't. The, but if she was on I Tinder, though. From. Okay, all right. Well, um, yeah, fair enough. I think there's a little redemption here for Frank, you know, because I think you've really been honest and opened up. And even if people want to challenge you on the numbers, we just put it this way. You've been addicted to dating apps here and you kind of sound different here three weeks later. And there really wouldn't be any motivation to lie. Like, I think I'd be able to figure out if you're like, man, no one liked me. So now I want to go on and be likable on the podcast. I think you've been very consistent in the way you kind of carry yourself with this. And I'm not calling this a win. By the way, assistant to the life coach or assistant life coach, Saruti over there, some really good stuff. Um, I don't know. Like, should we set another goal for you here, or do you just want to check in in a month? Yeah, I mean, my thing is, is I, I want to narrow it down. You know what I mean? I, I want to, I do want to find someone. I, I I agree with like what you said on the recap. Forty three is not old. Just like twenty nine is not old. I don't feel old. I, I I feel like I've got plenty of years ahead of me. So there's no reason to just rush into something. So realistically, I would like to just cut it down, strip it down, and then just not go out so much. That's I think that should be the goal. Yeah, there you go, man. I think this is really good. And don't beat up on yourself too much here, okay? There, there's a, no. There's and another I, version the of this. I don't. Yeah. Be I nice to my not. friend Frank. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, yeah. we'll check in with you in a month or so, man. But this sounds – this actually sounds – because there's another version of this where you could have been like, I hated it. It sucked three weeks without it. I'm back on all three. I've never hit it harder. I'm doing lunch dates, rapid fire, and – I mean, that's not what you're saying at all. So it, it sounds like you're going in a direction that you actually have wanted to go in in a long time. So I'm proud of you, man. Progress. It's all about progress. All right. Sounds good. We'll talk to you again, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Okay. This has turned in. I thought this was going to be a shorter podcast. And it's, it feels a little long now. Um, you were terrific there. I, I think if I ever decided to to franchise out this life coach thing, we could have a little Connecticut franchise and and you could head it people helping people listen i just i just know the value of having some you time and and i think that frank didn't really have that in his life so but here's the thing i also think that he came off king of you time he came well yeah i mean this is why like you and, and you know what's funny too is like you need to be with someone who respects that as well 
You know, if someone, if you're with, if you're with a girl that is clingy or, and, and you feel like she's, you know, you, you can't be you or do the things that you like, that's probably a, that's probably a red flag. It's probably not going to work out. Like you both need to sort of respect each other's space. So, you know, it works both ways. But I think, I honestly think Frank came off much more likable in the second part than the first part. Maybe that's just us. Maybe because I text him on the side and whatever, but. The, the numbers are you're right are never going to work out, and people are always going to question the numbers. But I don't know. I just feel like you know I I listen to that thinking this isn't a bad dude. Greatest comeback since Tiger. That's a bit much, but I think he's in a much happier place now. He's doing the work on his own, man. He's taking the steps. He's reading the books. Well, I was a little nervous about what if there was going to be any advice given, but I or, or if we were, if you or I were actually being able to help him or anyone, and I do believe that his you know he's sort of better off now. Yeah, I really don't think. I'm not taking much credit for this one, though. I, I don't. I, I mean, unless I was just the thing that made him go, "Okay, I will take." I, you know, he asked me to stop doing the apps. I'll stop doing the apps. But he really does sound like he wanted to do that on his own, anyway. Mm-hmm. He just so needed a little push, needed, and you gave him a like little somebody push. Somebody else, yeah, somebody else bought him a gym membership. Exactly. I got somebody. I got a girl a gym membership once for Christmas. Did not. Go I feel. Away. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like that. <laughs> that's not. It's <laughs> probably the one gift you shouldn't do because then you're the like. The thing what is, is she was more upset about. I think overall value. Where, you know, I've been a pretty, when it's, you know, when it's going well, the gifts are pretty good. And um, I think I probably had set the bar a little too high. And then it was sort of this phase where I was like, well, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and I'm just going to pay for it. And then it was just general. It was je- it was met with general disappointment. And so I had to, somebody had to like throw together the math and you go, you know, for 12 payments, that's actually what the present is for the year. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. And I'm like, that's, yeah, that's, that's it was, it was, it was towards the end. I kind of tell. Okay. Um, that'll do it for the podcast. And hopefully when you listen to this, all of the basketball parts won't be irrelevant. So there you go. And we are, we have a big announcement. We'll do a huge roadshow announcement coming up at the start of the next podcast where we'll do a lot of draft stuff. And I'm, Mick Shea has told me he wants to do four hours. I don't want to do four hours. So I may just leave and do some errands and leave the record button on. And then uh, that'll be the podcast. So until next week.